On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks fell to the Bruins up in Boston 4-3 last night, surrendering the game-winning goal with 17 seconds left in regulation because, of course, I'll also get into Patrick Kane tying Bobby Hall for second in franchise history in points as the top line remained red hot last night. And then to wrap things up, the drama surrounding Marc-Andre Fleury continues. I'll get into some of the latest rumors and debate whether or not these are realistic landing spots for the future Hall of Fame netminder. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, March 11th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first. By following the podcast, it'll only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go and rate the show with five stars as well. You can also leave me a review if you'd like. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of this episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode from here on out, folks, is going to have a video version to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks. Go and smash the like button. I would greatly appreciate it. And be sure to turn on those push notifications as well so you can be notified when each episode is uploaded to YouTube every day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your Friday. Last night, the Chicago Blackhawks were back in action out in Boston taking on the Bruins. Uh, they put up a, a Pretty good fight for the most part of this game, especially considering um, going into a tough place to play like the TD Garden up against a playoff team in the Eastern Conference currently in the Bruins. It was a pretty good fight out of the Blackhawks. I thought they had some really good energy about their game, but unfortunately it still wound up on the wrong end of the final outcome, surrendering the game-winning goal to David Posternak with 17 seconds left in regulation. Because, of course, of course, why would it be anything else? Obviously, the Blackhawks scored two goals in 17 seconds back in 2013 to win the Stanley Cup up in Boston. Uh, so the irony, I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and now the Bruins have uh, their own 17-second moment of their own uh, against the Blackhawks, although undoubtedly the Blackhawks would take their 17 seconds moment over Boston's any day of the week. Um, but this was just a very frustrating and gut-wrenching loss for the Blackhawks last night, not only because of how it ended, um, but as I said, because I thought they put up a pretty good fight. Like, the resiliency that they showed throughout the way uh, and their intensity, like, it, it was really clear. They wanted this one last night, and 
they were buzzing around the ice. Um, so just a very disappointing and unfortunate way uh, for this one to go down. They honestly deserved better than to lose the way that they did. Um, now, per usual, this was still a roller coaster ride throughout the way for the Blackhawks. They can't ever put together a, cons- a consistent 60 minute effort. Um, the second period was, um, as it always seems to be, it was a bit of a dumpster fire for the Blackhawks last night. But for the entirety of the first and third periods, the Blackhawks, they, they were right there with the Bruins, right there with a the playoff team in the top heavy Eastern Conference that's absolutely stacked this year. The Blackhawks hung in there with them. And, you know, I, I know it was only one out of 59 games. And, you know, even Arizona just beat the Colorado Avalanche twice. So anything can happen in the sport on any given night. And I understand that. But we've seen the Blackhawks put together these type of efforts against the top teams in the league on a few separate occasions so far this season. Not all that long ago against Tampa. I mean, they, they were right there and honestly with a better team after 20 minutes until they kind of blew up in the third. Um, so they were right there with the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Uh, they, they've also had a really uh, had a couple of close games of their own against the Colorado Avalanche this season. Uh, they've beat the Vegas Golden Knights, beat the Washington Capitals, another playoff team. So against some of the top teams in the NHL this year, um, the Hawks have had flashes of being a good team, but it seems like that inconsistency, the fact that they can never put together a complete 60-minute effort, uh, that's really w- what always ends up killing them, and that's what wound up being a difference in this game last night as well. Um, just looking at the comparison between these two teams, the Blackhawks were on their heels in the second period, while Boston, they never took their foot off the gas pedal. They never led up for the entire game. They were always pushing hard. And the Blackhawks, they did the same in the first and the third periods, but the second is really what let them down once again last night, at least in my opinion. Uh, But getting into a little bit of a recap of last night's game, Boston did score the opening goal from Charlie Coyle, which is, as most of you all know probably by now, usually is a recipe for disaster for the Blackhawks this season. They still have only won four games all year long in which they didn't score the opening goal. So uh, I guess we kind of should have known that they were doomed right from right there. And then Um, I already spoke about this a little bit, but just the resiliency that the Hawks showed last night, it was impressive to me. Like the intensity that they had after Boston scored that first goal, it, it was super strong. As I said, they were buzzing around the ice. They were making crisp passes. Um, And they made a nice play in transition not too long after to even up the score at one apiece. This wound up being a four-on-one for the Blackhawks in transition from the red line in. Uh, Dabrinkit makes a beautiful play to a a Dodger check and give the Hawks an odd man rush. And then Kaner and Cat, who else, end up hooking up for yet another goal. Dabrinkit finishes it off. He now has goals in five consecutive games in 34 on this season. Alex Dabrinkit is just lighting it up right now. Uh, And Kaner as well just keeps on doing his thing. Uh, He's on an absolute tear two here recently. Uh, That extends his point streak to five games as well, and that tied the game one-to-one after 20 minutes. The second period, though, was one to forget for the Blackhawks, other than a beautiful wraparound goal from Brandon Hagel to put them up two to one. Uh, it was tough sledding for the Blackhawks for the rest of the way. Uh, and in particular, it was tough sledding for defensemen Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy. 
They were paired together last night, uh, but both guys, honestly, I thought were were pretty horrible, if I'm being honest. Uh, and they honestly have not been very good together for the entirety of the season, which is, you know, a little bit of a head scratcher. These two were teammates and uh, for Team USA when they were coming up through uh, coming up through the juniors, and both being, you know, solid shutdown defensemen. McCabe was undoubtedly Buffalo's best best defenseman last season. Murphy, until this year, had been the Blackhawks' best defenseman for the last two or three. So the fact that they come together and have struggled this much, I I really don't understand it. Uh, But they had another tough go of it last night for the Blackhawks. Um, McCabe committed, uh, he actually committed the turnover that led to uh, Boston's opening goal of the game. Uh, Both guys went on to take penalties in the second period, and Boston ended up scoring on both of them to jump ahead three to two, excuse me. So just a rough go for McCabe and Murphy. They were turnover junkies. They couldn't get the puck out of their own end. We're making some bad reads. I don't understand it, but they really need to figure it out going forward because they're way too important for the Blackhawks defense as a whole. Um, so a couple of bad penalties by them cost the Hawks last night. The penalty kill, though, I mean, um, couldn't bail them out, which would have been big after uh, the PK was on a nice little run there during the Blackhawks six-game homestand. I believe they were like 12 for 13 at one point during the homestand, um, but are kind of now back to their old ways. Once again, they got beat twice last night on the man advantage, and that put the Hawks down three to two going into the second intermission. The second period remains a massive issue for the Blackhawks. Uh, they only mustered up a whopping three shots on goal in the middle frame last night, and on the season, they have the third worst goal differential in the second period. The only teams that are worse are the New Jersey Devils and the Arizona Coyotes. So not quite the company you want to have there. Uh, And uh, according to John Dietz, who is a Blackhawks beat writer, does a lot of great work. Go and follow John if you all have not done so already. Uh, But according to John, the Blackhawks have the least amount of goals per game in the second period under one. So the middle frame, I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't know if Kinger's message is stale or whatnot. But it's just whatever whatever's going on in the first intermission, it has not been working for the entirety of the season for Chicago. Um, but after, you know, um, after that dreadful second period, the reason why I don't think the message is really stale is because um, I don't know, like out of the second intermission, the Blackhawks were great. Like they were dominant those first eight to nine minutes. So it's like, why can't you come out of the first intermission the same way that they did in the second? It, makes absolutely no sense. Um, But yeah, the first half of that third period was awesome. I don't think Boston even had a shot on goal until like the 13 or 14 minute mark. Like Blackhawks were dominating uh, and the intensity just picked right back up to where it was early on in the game. Um, And then Hagel winds up scoring his second goal of the night and his 20th of the season, stuffing home a rebound in transition. How about that? Brandon Hagel. 20 goal score, folks, and uh, with 23 games left in the season, I do wonder there's a, if there's a chance that Hagel could be pushing for 30. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, but Hagel stays hot last night, three goals in his last two games. The same big guns continue to get it done for Chicago. Uh, that tied the game up 3-3 three to three early on in the third period. Uh, and also, I wanted to add Dylan Strome 
picked up an assist on that goal as well, extending his point streak to five games, just like Patty Kane and Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, after that goal, though, the Blackhawks did um, kind of start to fade a little bit as the period went on. They didn't have momentum on their side like they did in the early portion. And I thought Boston did a good job of responding and um, not letting the Blackhawks just take control of that entire third period. They came with a hard push of their own. Um, but, you know, the Hawks were not deserving of what happened to them in the final minute of the game. First off, it should have been a delay game penalty on Eric Halla for putting his hand on the puck in the faceoff dot. That's a delay of game penalty. It ends up going uncalled. The Blackhawks ice the puck, and then on the ensuing faceoff, puck's bouncing all over the place. Uh, it ends up right on Poster Knocks tape, and he puts it home for the game winner. With 17 seconds left to go, the hockey gods can be great. And they can also be brutal sometimes. It's like, of course, it had to be with 17 seconds left. It just had to be. So an unbelievably frustrating way to lose this one. Uh, Of course, it was 17 seconds because, of course, uh, and despite a pretty good effort, the Blackhawks come out on the wrong end of the final outcome, falling 4-3 to to the Bruins up in Boston. All right, that takes care of my recap of the Blackhawks' heartbreaking loss to the Bruins last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into Patrick Kane continuing to make history, tying Bobby Hall for second in franchise history and points. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? These are real protein bar flavors, folks, and all of which are less than 200 calories. So either way that you choose, Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because they taste so good. You'll actually want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars, which can be dry, chalky, waxy, or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And right now, for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two now today. I also wanted to be sure to mention that with an assist last night on Alex DeBrinkett's 34th goal of the season. By the way, Debrinket is now sixth in the NHL in goals with 34 on the season. Uh, but with the assist last night, Patrick Kane has now tied Bobby Hall for second in franchise history with 1,153 career points. In 88, uh, you know he's just going to keep on going. He's still 314 points back of uh, the great Stan Makita for number one. Um, but just a, another incredible feat here for good old number 88. And uh, he's going to find himself 
all alone in second place sometime rather soon, potentially even tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but a big congratulations here to Patrick Kane. He'll be moving into second place in franchise history sometime rather soon. Uh, and honestly, with the way that he's been performing here as of late, odds are that it's probably going to come in that opening 20 minutes against the Sens tomorrow night. Um, but with this news coming out, or with this, um, with, with this, uh, I can't think of the word I'm blanking here. Um, with Kaner tying Bobby Hall for second all time in points. I wanted to bring up a couple of Patrick Kane stats on the show today that I found, uh, to be very interesting. Uh, so with that assist last night, Kane also now has points in five consecutive games, which I already mentioned, just like both Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit. Um, But since January 26 against Detroit, Kane now has 29 points, 10 goals, and 19 assists in his last 17 games. And in eight of those 17 games, Kaner has had a multi-point effort. So just unbelievable production out of 88 in the past couple of months here, folks. Um, after having only 36 points in the opening 38 games of the season. Kaner is now up to 65 points and 55 games played, which is good for uh, tied for 11th with Kale McCarr, uh, despite the Blackhawks having the 27th ranked offense in the entire league. You know, that, that kind of right there, I think, goes to show you uh, how special of a talent Patrick Kane really is, even on uh, the worst offensive team that he's probably been on, a, uh, been a part of in his career, uh, he's still winding up on the stat sheet all the same. It's just incredible. Another Kaner stat I have for you folks is that out of his 46 assists that he has so far this season, 33 of them have been primary assists, which is 71.7% of his total assists right now. Over 70% of his assists have been primary apples. Like, Actually, just take a second to kind of think about that, folks, and comprehend that. For a guy who's well over a point-per-game player, 70% of his assists, basically, he makes the play happen. Like, that's incredible stuff from Patrick Kane. And uh, it's actually the second-highest primary assist percentage of his entire career, but um, the only time when it was higher was during the lockout shortened 2012-2013 season. So we've already gotten a larger sample size here in 2021-2022. Um, and Kaner, I mean, seriously, maybe doing some of his best work in now his 15th NHL campaign. In uh, the last Kaner stat I wanted to bring up for you folks, this one I thought was the most interesting to me. Um, so during this incredible two-month run or, or so that Kaner's been on, uh, I noticed that in each of the last four games in which he didn't record a point, all four of those games, the Blackhawks were shut out. So basically, in every game that the Blackhawks score at least one goal, dating all the way back to January 24th, in every game that the Blackhawks have scored at least one goal, Patrick Kane's found a way to get on the stat sheet. That is remarkable. Since January 24th, that's two months ago. If the Blackhawks don't get shut out, Patrick Kane's recording a point. That's insane. Um, the last time that, that Patrick Kane, the last time that the Blackhawks did not get shut out and Patrick Kane did not record a point 
uh, was way back on uh, January 22nd against the Minnesota Wild. So think about that. Aside from the, the Hawks getting shut out, Kaner records a point each and every night. Uh, just incredible stuff from Showtime. Uh, I really don't even have the words to describe how good he's been here as of late. He's the driving force each and every night for this Blackhawks offense. So um, just some insane stats that tell you how special of a season Patrick Kane is having despite the Blackhawks being in the gutter. It's incredible. So one more time, congratulations to Patrick Kane uh, for tying Bobby Hall for second in franchise history and total points. I'm sure we'll see him uh, moving into sole possession of second place sometime here rather soon and probably even tomorrow night when the Hawks take on the Sens up in Ottawa. All right, there are all my crazy Patrick Kane stats that I wanted to be sure to go over on the show here today. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into all the latest news and rumors on Marc-Andre Fleury's future. All right, welcome back to Locked On Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three now, before I wrap things up today, I also wanted to be sure to get into all of the latest on Marc-Andre Fleury's status with the trade deadline getting closer and closer and closer. And I know I've been talking a ton on the show here as of late about Fleury, but it really does seem like uh, things are changing each and every day. And Uh, There are constantly more and more reports coming out about his status. So uh, I apologize for talking about Fleury a ton, but to be fair, this is really the talk of the Chicago Blackhawks as we approach the trade deadline. Uh, But the latest report that we heard on Fleury's status came last night from TSN's Pierre Lebron when he said that the Toronto Maple Leafs do not appear to be a team that Fleury would be willing to get traded to. And the reason why I bring this up in particular is because over the past week, there have been a bunch of rumors about Flurry getting traded to Toronto um, and potentially, you know, having a third team involved to split that contract up. Uh, Peter Mrazek potentially coming back to Chicago along with draft picks. That's been the talk surrounding Flurry for the past couple of days. Uh, and also, interestingly enough, the Toronto Maple Leafs announced yesterday that starting goaltender Jack Campbell will now miss the next two to three weeks due to a rib injury. So that could change things a little bit. And in their game last night against the Arizona Coyotes, hey, both Peter Morazic and uh, backup, what was his name? Eric Kalgren. Never heard of him before. Um, who He ended up coming into the game in place of Morazic, but uh, neither of those two looked very good at all against um, a lowly Arizona Coyotes team that actually has been red hot of late. So maybe that's just the Coyotes becoming a juggernaut. Um, probably not. But uh, Toronto's situation and goal is definitely a little bit of a concern for them right now. Um, and, and there was just some talk around the league last night because of this situation that the Leafs could be expressing even more interest right now in Flurry because of this. Uh, but according to LeBron, Flurry uh, d- does not sound like Toronto is a place that Flurry would be wanting to go to at this point. So that kind of shuts that whole thing down uh, if that report from LeBron ends up, in fact, being true. Another place, though, that is garnering a little more interest in Flurry because of their current goaltender situation as well, interestingly enough, is the Vegas Golden Knights. 
because Robin Leonard, former Blackhawk as well, of course, uh, was recently sent home on the team's current road trip in order to have a lower body injury further evaluated. And apparently they haven't really stated exactly what's wrong with Leonard, but apparently it's bad enough that he's going to need crutches. So will Vegas change their minds on wanting to go after Flurry before the deadline? We did hear not all that long ago. I think this was in mid-February. We heard from Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon uh, that they would not be targeting Flurry before the March 21st deadline. But now, given their current situation, I do wonder if things could change. Uh, of course, though, Flurry would also have to want to go back to Vegas, which honestly, after the way uh, things kind of went down there, you know, being traded in the offseason kind of blindsided by that. And also, uh, of course, the infamous Alan Walsh tweet where Flurry was getting stabbed with a sword. It's actually one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my li- entire life. Alan Walsh is the GOAT agent on Twitter because of that post and because of other different reasons. But um, just given all that, you know, I, I don't I don't know if Flurry actually is going to want to go back there. So that does seem to be uh, a bit unrealistic at this point, but you never know. All in all, though, folks, to me, it is starting to seem more and more likely that Flurry will be sticking around in Chicago for the remainder of the season because there's just no like perfect, clear cut situation for him to be in right now, other than where he currently is. And like, just given how both sides have to match up perfectly, you know, uh, a team has to want Flurry and be willing to give up what the Blackhawks want. And then Flurry has to want to go there as well. You know, it just, it kind of seems like it, it, it's going to be really complicated in order to get a deal done. And I've also spent the last couple of days really thinking about like what places Flurry would actually want to go to. Like, where would he actually want to go right now? Because uh, he supposedly doesn't want to go to Toronto. I'd also assume that Canada in general is out right now because of the COVID situation and such. We've heard multiple reports from various different players uh, that, that that they're not wanting to be traded into Canada at this point. So that probably rules out Edmonton as well. Um, we've also heard reports of Washington being interested in Flurry, but doesn't sound like Flurry would wanting to be doing that out of respect for uh, his former Pittsburgh Penguins because those two teams, they're in the same division, they're rivals, and they also could be meeting up sometime in the Stanley Cup playoffs this summer. Uh, so out of respect, sounds like Flurry didn't want to go there. Um, so to me, I-, I was really thinking this is probably down to uh, three places that would make sense for Flurry: Colorado, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. I think those are the places that make the most sense. But Pittsburgh and Colorado... Um, they've actually received pretty good goaltending this year, both for Colorado, Pavel Francois and Darcy Kemper. They're inside the top. Both of them are inside the top 20 in uh, goals against average so far this season. So they've been solid. Tristan Yari is having a really good season for the Pens as well. Um, so honestly, I, I think, uh, Minnesota seems like the place that would be the most likely fit for Flurry at this point. But at the same time, they also have two goalies right now. They got Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen. So they'd probably have to move one of those two in order to make room for Flower. And Kakinen, 
He's been the better of their two goalies already this season. He's a lot younger than Talbot is, so I wouldn't imagine uh, that Minnesota is going to be wanting to part ways with him unless they're super high on Jesper Wallstead, even though he's still a couple years away. It's just a complicated situation. Maybe, um, you know, they'd be willing to get rid of Talbot. I don't know if the Blackhawks would be willing to take on that with their goaltender situation, with Lankinen and Soderblom coming up and needing some experience. It's just even a place like Minnesota, that's a complicated situation as well. So to me, folks, uh, it's really starting to look like Flurry could, in fact, be sticking with the Blackhawks for the rest of the way. I certainly hope that doesn't wind up being the case because uh, the team undoubtedly could use those assets that Flurry uh, could garner in return th- uh, throughout this rebuilding process. So hopefully uh, that winds up not being the case, but man, I'm not going to lie to you all. I really do. If I, if I had to weigh it, I think it's 70-30 right now, 70 that Flurry stays. It's just so complicated. I don't see the perfect place. He'd have to agree. Does he really even want to be moving his family right now when he could go and do that in the offseason? He doesn't have to rush into packing up and leaving. It's just very complicated. So honestly, folks, I really do believe that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be stuck with the Chicago Black. I shouldn't say stuck. That makes it sound like I don't want him here. It's not the situation. I love Fleury. He's an amazing goaltender. But the Blackhawks could use the assets. They really are desperate for those assets, to be honest. So um, we'll see what happens, but, uh, that's just my thoughts on Mark Andre Fleury's current status for the next couple of weeks. All right, folks, I think that will wrap up Friday, March 11th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.